Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We're going to start with good news. We have a new brother in Christ, Andrew. Stand up, Andrew Martin. He's right there. He was baptized into Christ today, and we appreciate the interest in doing what is right, his study with Phil and his questions that brought him to the Lord, and we appreciate that. So I hope you all will get to meet him uh, sometime in the near future. Andrew, thank you. We appreciate it. Welcome to the family. I want to recommend to you a couple of things before we start in the lesson tonight. If you've not been a part of our Sunday morning adult class in this auditorium, I would recommend that you start doing that because it matters not how much Bible you know to be a part of that class. Now, it can be intimidating to be in a Bible class when you don't know certain things. But in this class, you don't have to know anything because we're learning things and we're practicing and we're trying to memorize and we're doing quick recall. We're singing songs. And I forgot to tell all of you this morning that I have a book to recommend to you about that. If you want to have a book that has almost everything in it that we are considering, uh, I've added some things to it, but it is called By Way of Reminder, Bible Lists for Memorization and Reference. I'm going to leave it sitting right up here, okay? And I put a tracker on it. Who's the author? The author is Cloyce Sutton II. You can get this out of the CEI bookstore in Athens, Alabama is where I picked it up. But if you want to write down the info, it will be up here. As long as you honor one of the Ten Commandments, which is thou shalt not steal. Number two. Here's another book. Much of what I will mention in a moment could, uh, comes in a deeper way in this book. It's an old book. It is from a guy named F.F. Bruce. It is called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. It is an outstanding book. There are 70 what he calls hard sayings of Jesus that he explains, most of them, in just two pages. Very quick. So if you wanted to read one a week all year just to have something deep, meaningful, something to really help, I also recommend this book. If you want to write down the info about that, and it will be, I think, of value. Now, if you want to turn in a moment, we're going to look at, just turn to the Sermon on the Mount. Where's that? Where's that? Uh-huh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's one of the things we're learning in class see, on Sunday morning. So I was just testing to see if uh, we had good memory going there. We're going to be there in a little while. Today we're talking about Jesus. This morning he's the precious stone, but tonight he's the stone of stumbling. The precious. Not everybody thinks that Jesus is precious. But everybody thinks of something as precious. Everybody. As I was working this morning, or this idea all week, I was reminded of the quote from the story of the ring, J.R.R. Tolkien about Gollum, who said, my precious, my precious, referring to the ring. 
it didn't, it seems not to have been just by chance that that creature portrayed in the movie, if you could see the creature, you could even in your mind in the book probably recommend or see the, the image. Why did he look the way he looked? Well, I don't get into that stuff very much, but apparently he was 589 years old. That's why he looked that way. That's what it said online. But his value of the ring, he gave up every other thing in life to hold onto that ring. It was precious to him. And here's the point. Whatever is precious to you is going to determine the kind of person that you are. If we, whatever we hold precious, that's going to be the thing that we can look to and say, okay, I know why this person is this way, because this is precious to them. Jesus is not precious to all. He's rejected by many. Jesus is no stranger to rejection. Think about this. Before time began, Jesus was rejected. Satan, one of the created angels of God, in heaven rejected God, challenged him, rebelled against him, and God pushed him out. Before time ever began, he felt rejection. He was rejected at his birth when the king wanted to kill him. He was rejected by his family, his own family, who did not believe who he said he was. He was rejected by the very people that he was born into. He came to his own, John 1 in verse 11, but his own did not receive him. He was rejected by the rulers and the leaders of the Jewish people, and they wanted to get rid of him. His own town in which he grew up tried to throw him off of a cliff. As if that were not enough, he was rejected when he was arrested. Matthew 26 and 56, when his own disciples fled from him. At his trial, he was rejected by all of the people in the city who yelled, no, 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 give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. He was rejected. Jesus is no stranger to rejection. He understands it. He's experienced it. He's felt it. He knows it. It is no wonder, no mystery to him, that people are still rejecting him today. I want you to think for just a minute. It will probably be a part of another study, but something struck me. What was it? Uh, a week ago, two weeks ago? The football game when the Buffalo Bills player had a heart attack on the field. Now you, if you saw that, did this hit you? 
If you didn't see it, you probably heard about it. Isn't it amazing that everybody in the stadium was praying? All the players knelt and prayed. The media had no problem at all asking everybody to pray for this man who had just had a heart attack on the field. And all we heard for days was, are you praying? Are you praying? And many days before that, all we hear is, not Christianity. Isn't that amazing? Did you catch the irony? Did you catch the contrast between how Christianity is portrayed in everyday life except when there's a great problem? Because every time there's a tornado, every time there's a hurricane or a flood, every time there is crime, people do what? Pray. And the media talks about it. But they reject. Every other thing that is a part of who Jesus is. Jesus is not a stranger to rejection. People still doing it today. But the question for us is, it's not a mystery that those people reject him. The question is, what about you and me? Now, we all believe in Jesus. We said it this morning. He is precious to us. Really? Did you notice what was said in the reading of 1 Peter chapter 2? A couple of key words I want to pick up on. He said, verse 8, They stumble being disobedient to the Word. People stumble over the words of Jesus. Christians sometimes stumble over the words of Jesus. That's why I gave you that book title, the difficult or hard sayings of Jesus. There are many people who read those statements and they stumble. They can't get in line. And sadly, there are Christian people who stumble over the words of Jesus. For a few minutes... I want us to hear the words of Jesus. And I want us to say in our own heads, is this something I believe? To those who believe he is precious. That's what the text said in 1 Peter 2. But it seems to me that so many Christian people want to argue with the words of Jesus. And it's those words over which many Christians stumble. And they're hard. 
They're not easy. They're bothersome. But they are Jesus' words. Will we be people who accept those words as they are? Will we stand for them in the face of opposition? Will we call all people to respect these words? Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse number 22. Whoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of judgment. This section, as you know, is Jesus' use of, here is what you've heard, but this is what I say. Do not interpret this section as, this is how it used to be, this is how it is. Now, that's not the point. The point is, you heard it this way. But this is how it's always been. They just didn't teach it right. Don't commit murder. Well, as long as I don't kill somebody, it's okay. Jesus said, don't be angry. I wonder if Christian people stumble over those words of Jesus. Don't be angry. Now, he doesn't say, don't get angry. Because that's not something that you can control fully. He says, don't be angry. I think he's saying, don't live in anger. If you are here tonight and you're living in anger with someone, then Jesus is not precious to you. You are stumbling over these words because if Jesus is precious, then when he tells me not to be angry, if I can't abide that, then I'm stumbling over the very cornerstone that God set in place around which we should build our lives. Verse 27, 28. Whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. If your right eye offends you, pluck it out. We don't have the right to look at women in that way, fellas. Oh, but I have been faithful. Not if you have lusted in your heart. God is not happy with us when we do that. 
Those are tough words. Pluck your eye out. I don't think Jesus meant to say, go get something and literally just gouge out your eye. But he is saying this. This is so important. This is so real. That's the attitude we ought to have. And if I can't be that way, I'm stumbling over the cornerstone that Jesus set. Verse 32, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except in sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Jesus feels the pain of the divorce of a couple. That pain is real. And I'm not saying that the divorce is that which separates you from God. The text says... If you divorce for a reason other than sexual immorality. Now, God hates divorce, Malachi said, but a person can be divorced and live with God and be okay. But what causes people to stumble is the accept part. I don't know what else to say than simply to say what Jesus said except for sexual immorality you cannot divorce and remarry period or we stumble over Jesus the cornerstone verse 34 do not swear at all. What's his point? I think his point in the language of our day, let your word be your bond. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but standing up in front of a court and swearing to tell the truth is not the same as saying when you're trying to make someone believe that you're telling the truth by swearing and using all kinds of language that apparently is more powerful than the word that you would say yes because of your own reputation. But how many people stumble over this word of Jesus? Verse 39, do not resist an evil person, but if he slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the left also. What? He hit me, so I hit him. 
oh, there's a lot that could be discussed and should be. But the truth of the word is real simple. Take it. Take the abuse. How often did Jesus take it? Is that intended to say that we should never at any time protect ourselves and protect our family? No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about personal offense. He's talking about me and this person can't get along and we're fighting. Shouldn't you just take it? Shouldn't you just take it and move on? That's what Jesus said. Verse 44. Love your enemies. I wonder sometimes if Christian people love their enemies. I wonder if Christian Republicans love Democrats. I wonder if Christian Democrats love Republicans. And I wonder if each of them love independents who won't take a stand. We fight about it, don't we? Do you love the person who is out to get you? Do you love the person who has done you wrong? So many times I've had someone say to me, I hate that person. I said, well, let me ask you one question, okay. Are you telling me you want that person to live in hell eternally? I didn't say that. Okay. Then you really don't hate them. You don't like them very much. But you don't treat them like an enemy. You may have to avoid them. But as Christian people, we better not stumble over the word of Jesus by failing to love our enemies. Look at chapter 6 and verse 15. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Christian people can hide inside of that one. Because nobody can see a flashing sign on your head that says, I don't forgive you, I don't forgive you, and the name of the person underneath it, it's not there. Only you know. But I know Christian people who hold grudges. I know Christian people who cannot get over and and just refuse to forgive. And they're stumbling over the cornerstone. Because Jesus said, if you don't forgive, God will not forgive. And if I can't forgive, then Jesus is not precious to me. Because... He told me to do it. 
Verse 24. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have a divided loyalty. He said you're all in or you're all out. One foot in and one foot out doesn't work. There are a lot of hokey pokey Christians. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot out. It's either all in or it's all out. Those are Jesus' words. We can't hold on to both. Or we don't think he's precious. Or how about verse 25? Do not worry. I have tried to take that so seriously that I have tried to take that word out of my vocabulary. You know, it really worries me. I mean, I mean, it really bothers me. See? That's what I'm trying to do. What about you? Worry means I've been stuck and I can't do anything. Keep working, but don't worry. And if Jesus said, do not worry, then don't, period. And if I'm not supposed to worry, then why would you ever tell somebody you're worried? You ever thought about that? Jesus said, do not worry. And the next thing we say is, oh, there are tornado warnings. I'm worried. What? Uh-huh. But those words are difficult. Those words are tough. But sometimes we stumble over them. How about chapter 7, verse 1? Judge not that you not be judged. We have a lot of people that spend a lot of time judging other people. Oh, you're lost. You're going to hell. That practice will send you to hell. I can disagree and I can point out that something is wrong as I understand Scripture, but I don't need to go so far as to say, therefore, you are lost. We have a lot of Christian people who seem to take great pride and joy in being able to proclaim how many people are lost. It's not my job. It's God's job. Now I'll tell you right now, and all day long, you know there are 12 things in the New Testament that are directly connected to salvation. Twelve. If any one of those things is denied, you're lost. Period. Because God said it, not because I said it. But outside of those twelve, I'm not saying it. I may disagree with your understanding. I may challenge you on Bible authority. But judge not that you be not judged or how about verse 14? There's a narrow gate that's difficult, and there are few that find it. 
You mean God is going to allow most people to be lost? That's what it says. Well, I just can't understand that. that. I don't want to serve a God like that. Stumble over the words. Because they are very difficult to hear. And how about this one, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You mean there are good people who could be lost? Apparently so. You mean there are people who call on the Lord who could be lost? Apparently so. You mean... There were people who were doing miraculous things who ended up being lost, apparently so. Which means there's more to Christianity than our simply saying, Lord, Lord, it's a lifestyle. And it is not easy. It's tough. And we stumble over the words of Jesus. There are a whole bunch of other words in Scripture that people stumble over. These are just a few. These are not words that really concern people out there in the world. They're our words. The words that we need to make sure that we understand and we accept and we live by so as not to stumble over Jesus whom God set as the cornerstone on which to build our lives. I can say all day long, Lord, Lord, you are precious. And yet I could stumble over any one of these continually, and it will say, well, maybe he's not as precious as I say. I hope it challenges us to think about the seriousness of saying, Jesus is precious because it's his word. The words of Jesus are what people stumble over. Can we help you tonight with your relationship with Jesus? We want to be there for you while we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.